Thanks for Push and Play. This is April Hunter, and you are listening to The Reseller's Voice. The Reseller's Voice is a interview-based podcast where we break down the business basics of reselling as a side hustle or as a full-time career. We do that through talking to all kinds of other resellers, resellers from eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, Amazon, and Hopefully it gives you a little bit of insights and some tips that you can use in your own business. You can find me at Cloven Caddis on almost any of the reselling platforms or on Instagram at April Hunters Hustle Hacks. I try to put out new content on my website, Hunters Hustle Hacks, that is relevant to the reseller community or to being productive by using business basics. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Reseller's Voice. Um, Summer got away from me and um, actually the end of summer is just generally a really rough time for me. Um, So I have definitely been battling with a little bit of depression and overwhelm and burnout and just in general... um, lack of motivation to do anything and uh it really has has affected me and affected everything that I've done literally everything um most days we're just getting the kids you know fed and alive at the end of the day so um but we're back and we're back with guests so today we have Brandy Brandy is Cherry Bizarre on Instagram and um I was really excited to talk to another adult um, other than my husband and um, another reseller. So here is everything Brandy and I have to talk about. This is a very informal interview, um, but I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hello, Brandy. How are you today? I'm good. Awesome. I am so excited to talk to another reseller. Me too. <laughs> I'm I, just excited to talk to anybody. Really. <laughs> I feel like we um we kind of got on that, like I'm so excited to talk to anybody. And then I kind of took the summer off of having guests on the podcast. So you're my first guest back on the podcast. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of nice to just kind of have those introspective thoughts, but I think I've been getting a little bit too deep into my introspective thoughts recently. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be on here. This is my first podcast, so. Awesome. Well, I, I tend to uh, kind of use that angle a little bit on my podcast. I know a lot of other podcasters go for like, you know, the big 10 uh, you know, resellers. And I, um, I honestly, I love the little, the, you know, not the little, cause you know, we're not necessarily little, but the people who've kind of been in there enough to get their feet wet and enough to get their experience, but still have a really good, like zest for learning and training, you know, like trading out things and pivoting if they have to, I think, but sometimes you get into some of these, you know, bigger accounts and bigger resellers and they just, they get a little bit, you know, stuck in their ways. I'm not saying that's like the same about all of them, but I do definitely feel that. So I do love my, you know, my year and a half, two years in <laughs> resellers. They are definitely my favorite niche. So, um, so I'm glad that you were able to join me today on the podcast. Um, so you are Cherry Bazaar on Instagram, Poshmark and all your other platforms. What platforms do you sell on? Um, so I sell on Etsy, which I am Cherry Bazaar on Etsy. I sell on eBay, which I'm not Cherry Bazaar on eBay. I'm like brand emerald 2006 or something. I, you can tell how long ago I made my eBay account. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. When we were all into those really funky names. Yes. I think I had one yeah. of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on Mercari. I'm not sure what I'm on Mercari by name uh if it's my personal name or cherry bazaar you know I gotta look into that and and change that I don't even remember getting an option but again I don't use Macari that often I I don't have 
I have like hardly anything on there. Um, I'm trying to start. After yesterday, you might not have anything on there ever well, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, With all the fee changes and everything. Uh, yeah, the fees and the yeah the cancellation fees and the the whole like listing fees. Like, I'm not necessarily opposed to like how they're changing their fee structure to be more like eBay. Like eBay, I'm really fallen more and more in love with over the summer. Um, it probably is my favorite platform right now. Oh wow! Um, but um, I the cancellation fees and the big dings for cancellations, I do not love. So, um, although yeah. <laughs> Mercari does not love me as much as I as much as I would like it to, but I think that that's we like we I have a love hate relationship with Mercari. So, I'm also on Kittison. I I was just trying it out because so I kind of just dabbled. I've only been doing this I think coming up on two years, and I kind of was dabbling in a bunch of different platforms just to see what I liked, how they worked. And, um, I did Kittison because I had a bunch of kids items in my Poshmark closet that just were not moving at all. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, I moved some, you know, I cross-listed over there, but i still am really struggling to move kids clothes. Um, it was basically a bad buy for me in the beginning when I was starting out and I'm like, Ooh, you know, this is, uh, seven for all mankind jeans and Joe's jeans and Zara for baby. And then realizing that, you know, a dollar 99, two 99, uh, her piece was not really going to give me much of a profit because the resale value wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Well, yes, that and parents are definitely like having kids now. And this is why I don't personally sell kids clothes is because whenever I buy, because I buy used clothes for my kids. Like I just, I think it's stupid to buy clothes that they're only going to be in for <laughs> three months or a year or whatever, yeah. um, you know, at full price. Um, but I definitely, I am like the Facebook marketplace. Like I just want a tub of clothes for like 20 bucks, you know, like, that's I, as cheap as I can get it. And you know, like I get what I get and I don't get what I don't get. Like occasionally I'll go out and buy a specific piece for my kids. But other than that, I, I like, they just destroy it. So <laughs> yeah, I do need yeah. To, to list some more, um, put them on uh, Facebook marketplace. I really do need to put them on Facebook marketplace and specifically the, the groups that are um, geared towards moms and kids. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't done that, but I really do need to do that because I'm just tired of inventory sitting. That's a whole mm-hmm. aspect of reselling that people don't think about there is the space that it takes. Right. And yes, <laughs> And I just have having a big... to stare at it over and over and over again. <laughs> or or hunt through it to find whatever you sold for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a I have a big inventory issue that I'm looking at. Actually, it's getting smaller. And that's kind of one of the other topics that I wanted to talk about was um thread up because my inventory, so I have consistently like the podcast is more than six months old now. Um, and I think every episode I've chatted about like how horrid my death pile has been, even through coronavirus, I still have a death pile. And some of it's because I have a really hard time listing. I like, it is my, definitely my bottleneck. I will get right up to the listing process. And then I just, it's, it's like, I, it's like, I have listing fear. Like I'm afraid like my descriptions aren't going to be good enough or, I don't know what it is. It's just like, it's a huge bottleneck. So anyways, I have this huge death pile and like every other reseller who's caught the wave right now to the most friendly platform to sell on, which is ThreadUp, I am sending so much stuff to ThreadUp and I am finally starting to feel a little bit of that like death pile relief. Yeah. And it's like, even if it doesn't sell on ThreadUp, at least it's stored in their facility for 90 days and I don't have to look at it. That is exactly, that is exactly what I was thinking. I hit a point where I, in Vandy's closet, she's a great resource and she's really generous with her knowledge. And, um, and I just kind of was seeing her post and I was like, you know, I'm going to give thread up another try because I tried it before, but I didn't know about the the maxing out your prices that you could change your prices. And I was just sending in stuff that like 
it was really before I was reselling. I was sending in stuff that I had acquired that that I just couldn't sell um, or give away to friends. And so I sent it in and it was like, you know, a dollar here, 50 cents there. It was like really low. But yeah, I hit a point where I'm like, I'm just tired of staring at all these bins in my bedroom because I live in an apartment. So um, I don't have a dedicated space for all my inventory or just reselling in general. So it felt so good to just clear out some bins and send it to them. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, just having it stored there for 90 days. (laughs) Right. Like, even if you're paying, like, even if you don't pay for the expedited, I mean, you could technically have it stored there for like, what, four to six months right now, if you don't pay for the expedited processing (laughs) to get it processed. Like you could literally send them a box because I sent them boxes in June that they haven't processed yet. They say they won't get to them till like sometime in October right now. Oh my God. I mean, those boxes I wasn't smart about. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to send it to thread up because it's like probably like a bunch of the um, like next door app stuff that I picked up like right as coronavirus hit. Oh. Um, so it's like, it's all, it was all f- mostly free stuff anyways, or it was Ann Taylor that I literally cannot sell, even though it's the cutest little thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like some of it, there's definitely some items where I'm like, oh, I should have totally paid that, you know, $10 to get it back or whatever. But I, I didn't, I was an idiot. So whatever. Um, but you know, like that stuff I haven't seen for, for like six well going on three months already and by the time they process it and then by the time you know like I ever get it back I will have not had that inventory for a good six months and it's like you know at that point in time (laughs) it's like well you know if you guys want to store it I'm you know $26 is super cheap storage fee (laughs) (laughs) well it's also not currently making money though but no, no, not the ones that you don't pay for expedited prices, uh, processing for. Like I, you know, like after I kind of like caught on to like the whole, oh my gosh, like it's only like, so if you're sending in a 30 pound box, which is what I highly recommend everybody does, if you're going to do thread up to maximize your dollars, yeah. um, you know, and make sure that what you're sending in is going to sell for more than $20 because otherwise you're literally just paying them to pay you back. Right. Um, you know, like why, you know, why not send things into thread up? So, um, I actually did my first only for thread up sourcing yesterday and I found some really, really good stuff. And then there's a couple items that I got that I'm like debating whether I should try to sell for like a month before I send it to thread up. So it's like those fall type items that, you know, if I hold on to it for a month, I can definitely make a lot more money on it. But, um, if I can get it listed. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but I do have another listing challenge coming up. So I, those will probably be the first thing to, that I'll list. So, um, so what is your favorite platform to sell on? You know, you would think after doing this for almost two years that I would be doing it enough to form that opinion, (laughs) but I feel like I'm still not fully engaged enough with other platforms to really give them an opportunity. Um, So I'm on Depop, uh, it's Mm -hmm. under Cherry Bazaar Bazaar also. And um, so I've kind of like done a handful of listings. I would say like, like 50 to 60 listings on uh, Depop and eBay, um, Etsy, I have some more, but I don't invest the same amount of time on them as I do on Poshmark because everything gets listed on Poshmark first. And so uh-huh. I'm not really giving them a chance to, you know, prove themselves or to see whether or not they'd actually be a better fit for me to right. focus on primarily. Um, I keep thinking like, why am I focusing so much on Poshmark? Because it requires so much work, you know, like sharing and, and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like other platforms would be better because you could just kind of list and walk away. Um, I do like, I, I, I can say that 
I'm I'm not a fan of eBay, but that's only because it scares me and and I still feel like I don't have the hang of it. it eBay is um so I was definitely very scared of eBay and part of it was because I wasn't giving it the attention that it needed, you right. know, just like you, like I was a Poshmark seller. Um, and then Poshmark started making changes a little bit, you know, like early, early on in the year. And I kind of was like, ah, ah. and, um, one of my other buddies, me and Lisa was like, just list one item every day for 30 days. And then if you have anything that needs to be promoted or you need to send an offer, do that. It's going to take you like 15 minutes tops for a month. And it's like, okay, I'll do it. And then I did it. And then I started getting really good sales on eBay. Not And, um, and then it's like, oh, this is only taking me like 15 minutes. So then I started going in because then I got into Vendu. Um, and because eBay does take the most work to list an item on. Right. Um, but also because there's no limited drafts on eBay. Oh. I started listing everything to eBay first instead of Poshmark. Interesting. And then importing it via Vendu to Poshmark and Mercari. And I, it's not still not fully synced. Like I don't have all 500 of my Poshmark items on eBay. Um, but I'm sitting at like 250 on eBay and like 500 on Poshmark. No, not even 500 on Poshmark. Like 450 on Poshmark right now because I've... Um, when they got rid of the copy feature, I got, I got really upset <laughs> and I was like, fine. Then I put Poshmark in timeout for like a week. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with you. <laughs> no, let's be um, so Poshmark just changed their copy feature. Yeah. So if you have a listing that you have listed within 60 days, they don't let you copy that over and it goes to the just ins. They basically negate the copy feature if you relist it within 60 days. So you waste, you know, if you're doing, because I was doing 14 items every day. So that's like 14 minutes that just got completely wiped out of time. Like they don't, they say it's going to go to a new copy thing, but then you go to see if it's just in and it's not. Oh, okay. Okay. So you waste like 15 minutes. Yeah. They wait, you waste like 15 minutes of your life and they don't even tell you that you're going to waste 15 minutes of your life. Uh, Um, okay. And because I do, so I had my, my numbers all figured out where I had 500 listings. And if I relisted 15 items a day and listed five items a day, then I would refresh my closet once every 30 days. Oh, okay. See, I'm different. and I started getting massive sales when I did that. Um, I think HyperSoCal Posh does her relistings once a week, but she only has like 150 active listings because oh, of it. Yeah. Like so, it just, it's like one of those other ways that you can boost your sales. So, um, yeah, if you have a listing that's more than 60 days old, then you're, you're perfectly fine. You're not going to run into problems. I just relisted some items this morning. So I, I relist every two to three months. Um, so, and, and I have it actually in my listing the day that it's listed. And every Mm -hmm. time I list it, I change that date. So I know when the last time it was listed and, um, I do it every two months, sometimes three, if like, I don't notice it, but I also have, um, well, right now, because I, took a bunch of stuff off to send to the real real at one point and to thread up. Um, I think I'm down to just under 400 active listings, but before I was like over 500 active listings. So that's kind of a lot to be relisting super often. So I, I really had a goal of doing it every two months because I would go on and find listings that were over six months old and be like, I need to relist this. So yeah. Yeah. That's why I started doing like the rolling 15. Cause I knew that if I, w- you know, if I went to Justin and went to available and scrolled all the way down to the bottom of my closet and then did like, you know, the bottom 15 or whatever every day that I knew that my closet would be refreshed every 30 days. Like I wouldn't have those. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was to, you know, if I was to honestly like take that, but I have to like wait for my 60 days to be up now, if I do that, like every seven days, or like seven listings a day, then I might, I might be okay. You know? So, um, it's just kind of like 
learning and changing with the platforms. I think every platform is changing, you know, right now with mm-hmm. whatever, you know, economic stuff is going on, which is just irritating. But um, yeah, it's definitely been definitely been a wild ride over the summer. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that I have generally asked everybody, but I have not asked you is, are you a full-time or part-time reseller? I am part-time. Uh, it is my only source of income, but I do not do it full time. Um, it just happens to be a very good fit for me because I have health issues and I'm down a lot. And so mm-hmm. having a job that I can primarily do from bed on my phone <laughs> is amazing. And um, so I probably work like, I would say, three hours a day, uh, sometimes more, sometimes, uh, less, but yeah, I'm definitely part-time. Awesome. I think that I might consider that more even hybrid, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is, which was an option I didn't give you. Because um, <laughs> sometimes I look at the amount of time that I've spent on stuff, like, you know, with your trackers on your phone or whatever, and you're like, wow, I spent eight hours working on Poshmark today. Holy cow. Um, so, (laughs) wow, that was not intentional. I think that a lot of people feel this, like this, this job, you know, that you can have, that you can, you can be super flexible with. And I think that everybody's like really been, um, very thankful for that, you know, as you know, kids are home and jobs are swirling and, you know, ups and downs and ins and outs. Like it's been this good thing where everybody's like, well, at least we've got that reselling thing covered, (laughs) you know? So, um, what actually made you decide to get into reselling? Has it always been something that's part of your life or, um, was there like a major aha moment that you had? Um, I I don't think there was a major aha moment. I think I am one of those people that seems to accumulate items, like not super intentionally, but people give me their stuff and they're like, I know you'll find someone for it because I love fashion and I also hate waste. And I don't like donating or tossing things if I might know someone that could need it or use it. So um, I would just accumulate clothes. And, and I also had uh, clothing swaps. I loved having clothing swap parties. So for those that aren't familiar with what a clothing swap is, uh, it's where you have a party for a bunch of your friends, they all bring over like the day before the weekend before uh, all the clothes that has have been sitting in their closet that they don't wear anymore, or don't fit anymore, or they're just sick of looking at. And then I take those clothes and I sort them and hang them. And on the day of the party, everybody comes hangs out and shops. So basically you're getting rid of clothes and also shopping for new clothes without buying anything. And so you go home with a new to you wardrobe and it's really great. And then the leftovers are normally donated. So I had this really big clothing swap and I had to make it two days long because there was still so much clothes left over that there were people I was like, come by on Sunday, tell your friends, you know, whoever come by and they can shop and grab what they want. Afterward, I was literally still giving away garbage bag full garbage bags full of clothes to people. Wow. Yeah. And at a certain point, because all these clothes and shoes had taken over my house, I was like, okay, now what am I going to do with this? I'm like, I knew that I could sell it. And I was thinking about thread up. But I was, I had been introduced to Poshmark by a friend of mine. She, she had um, posted some stuff on there. And I think I had opened an account and maybe posted like one pair of shoes on there. And it didn't sell for like months and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, not a fan. I was of Poshmark. Uh, but I decided, you know what, I should list some of this stuff like, and see if I can try and sell it. Cause there's some really nice stuff. So I started listing items on Poshmark. And, um, as soon as I made my first sale, 
I know everyone says this, but I was like hooked. I was like, oh, I sold something. And I only sold something for eight bucks. <laughs> it was eight dollars, but I was like so excited. <laughs> it it is. It's it's so addicting. And then then you like then you get to the point where you're like, it's not, it's not just stuff that you've gotten for free or not just stuff that you've like cleaned out of your closet. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, I can literally go into a store, buy something and make money on it. It's like walking into Walmart and having people hand you $20 bills. <laughs> and it's like, wait, why didn't I think of this before? And yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. And everybody says it. It's just <laughs> awesome. Well, I have never had somebody who's done the clothing swap um, method to getting into reselling before, but I am excited to hear that you have done clothing swaps because I, I have a clothing swap um, that is happening, I think in two weeks. So by the time this airs, it's going to be like a week. Um, and I'm super excited about it because, um, I definitely have some items that are, um, air quotes, not thread up worthy of my time slash, you know, checking them (laughs) to make sure that I'm going to make more than a dollar on them. And, um, it's in a really nice town. So I'm hoping um, that it works really well and into my favor. Um, actually one of my, one of my getting to be PFFs. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. So maybe maybe she's not as obsessed with me, but, um, Lori's Boston found is, uh, I'm, I've also kind of clued her into, so hopefully we can maybe do a, a, you know, a distance to meet up swap adventure together. Um, or even, you know, just, you know, see what she found, see what I found. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about this swap. Um, we do have a lot of, um, like kids consignment pop-up stores in our area. Um, and that was always fun, you know, being pregnant before I really started reselling with my middle son, um, to, you know, go shop those consignment sales. Uh, but I'm not sure I'm going to go back to those now that I'm like really into thrifting. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, what it is your clothing swap? So my clothing swaps are like friends. Um, I just happen to be part of a very large, uh, close knit community, um, where there are, I have a lot of acquaintances in which I can have it be successful in the, the sense that the more people that donate and the more people that come, obviously mm-hmm. the, the better it turns out. But I heard you mention pop-up also like in the same sentence or conversation. So is this something that's just you and your friends or are you like opening this so public? The one that I'm going to in like a week is hosted by a church. This is not a normal thing. Normally we have like church rummage sales. Right. Um so I've never, I've literally never seen one of these swaps in my area before. It doesn't mean that they don't happen. And maybe I was just kind of blind to it before, but this is the first one that I've ever seen. That's like a legitimate swap, not a rummage sale, just a swap. Meaning Um, you don't have to buy anything. You can just come in and take. No, you, yeah, you don't, you don't even have to donate anything. You just come in. Oh, that's awesome. And I think that they, they, I think they started it because of, you know, coronavirus. So there's a lot of people in our area that are like, I don't know, we're kind of like hopping around. It's not that, you know, there's definitely people that have been shaken by losing their jobs or being laid off or having to keep their kids home and now they can't work, you know? So I think it's definitely like been prompted by that, but I, I really hope that it creates a whole bunch more of these. Um, and I definitely plan on taking a bunch of stuff in, including a ton of my kids stuff, because, uh, like you said, like the kids stuff just hasn't. It just doesn't do anything for me. So, um, and I have these young kids that are just growing like little weeds. So I think I have like five Ikea bags right now full of kids, like little, little kid things um, that I was going to send to thread up. But then I just keep like, I don't necessarily want to waste their time and my time over 50 cents. So <laughs> that's, really sweet of you. that's really sweet of you to think of them like that, because it's funny. I, I do also kind of feel bad for thread up <laughs> like, because they are so understaffed. I know that they are so understaffed and, and people are just kind of, I'm sure a lot of people are just using them as a catch-all, you know, they're just, 
sending a ton of crap to them and then just seeing what sticks. And that's a lot of manpower. I mean, that's a lot of like hours, you know? Well, it's, it's not just, I mean, so I really appreciate that in, in their pivot and receiving all of this inventory in, because it's not just resellers that are sending their stuff in. Right. It's literally every mom who was home losing her mind over coronavirus, but hadn't been able to be home because she was like working or doing whatever the kids were up in her hair, you know, like now she's home and she's like, if I'm going to be home, stuck home with these kids or just even not having kids, just stuck home. I have got to clean this place up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, nobody, none of the bins are, you can't take things to bins right now. Everybody, right. every bin I've seen has like a, you know, gigantic mountain of rained on bags outside of it right now. Um, you can't take it to the thrift stores. So where did all of America send their stuff? Right. To thread up, you know? And it's like, and there's other, I mean, there's other options like thread up they're just not as popular like there's swap.com and there's flip um and then there's a couple others um that kind of popped up or have phased out or you know but the majority of it like thread up nailed their marketing to get the clothes in and now they're like you know then they then you know something something happened and i don't know what the trigger was but all of a sudden it's like all the resellers are like oh my gosh thread up is like the best thing ever Cause I don't have to dot, 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 you know, and then resellers caught on and then they made it even more friendly for resellers because me as a person sending something into thread up and they're like, Oh, it could take me 16 weeks to get to this box. Like, I'm like, well, that's great that it's out of my house and I might make money on it eventually. But, and then when I make money on it, eventually in four months, it's going to be like, what, $16 for this giant box that I sent in? Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like what's going to motivate normal people to send their stuff in other than nobody else is going to take it right now. Right. So, um, all, and as a reseller, all you have to do is pay your $26 for them to literally do 70% of your job. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, like, why did they make it so friendly for resellers at the same exact time that Poshmark and Mercari are, like, not making it friendly for resellers? Hmm. And it's just, it's a very interesting to see. I don't know. I think um, Lexi, uh, Mom Hustle, Bustle, and I, I think we are, like, brain twins because um, she was in psychology and I obsess over, like, the sociology and psychology about these business decisions. So I have been thinking about this ever since I decided to, like, send a bunch of stuff into ThreadUp. And, <laughs> and so now I'm obsessing over, like, what was their thought process behind this? Why are they making this? Are they making this major pivot for a reason? Is that, do they realize that they've made this for resellers? Like, is it because they know that the resellers have a higher end inventory and therefore they can make more money? Like I, my mind is spinning about the, you know, all of these decisions. So um, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking that maybe they wouldn't like us so much just because we keep going in and changing our prices. <laughs> Whereas, but but they're still making a ton of money off of it. That's like true. That's even true. if you change your prices. Um, so like I had I had a pair of Acres pants that I had sit in my personal Poshmark closet for a year. And then I sent to the real real for six or seven months and they priced them at like sixty dollars. I was pissed at the real real for pricing these pants so low i have a whole thing about the real real (laughs) i would love to hear your real real gripe so let me we're gonna get right to that um and then i sent them into thread up and i did not even price them at the 80 Mm percent that you know you know or whatever i i priced them like at where i'm going to receive back twice what I would on what twice of what the real real was. So I priced them where I'm going to get like $180 off of these acres pants. They've already sold. My box has only been active for like four days. That's awesome. And I'm like, and this is where I'm like, I think I love you. I'm not, I'm not totally sold on you yet, but I think I love you. Um, so I do have a bunch of stuff at the real real right now that, um, I sent in way back in like March, February or March. And it has just sat there like nothing, nothing has happened. Um, and I've, I've bought stuff off the real, real since then. 
uh, thanks to a certain <clears throat> influencer <laughs> and her $30 off coupon. Um, yes. but other than, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, I kind of ignored that the real, real even exists. So let's hear your real, real horror story. <laughs> well, I decided to try them out and I went on their website and I was looking around and, and it was right when the coronavirus was just starting. This was like March or April. And, and so they give you the option to do a in-person uh, consult, uh, consultation, an in-person consultation or a over the phone one. And I was contemplating which one I was going to do. And I kind of left the page and someone called me right then. This lady called me, Hey, you know, uh, we saw that you were interested in doing a consultation ball. And I was really impressed at that point. I was like, wow, you know, that kind of took the work out of it for me because someone just called me and was like, let's get this set up for you. So mm -hmm. she links me with someone who's a consultant in my area who can come to me and go through all my stuff, which I think that's a really awesome service. However, because of the coronavirus, um, it was all done over Zoom at this. Mm -hmm. Normally, they would come over your house and they would look at all the stuff you have and say yay or nay, and um, which I thought was really awesome. So I did a Zoom thing and I had everything ready. And basically, I just held the item up. I said what it was and the guy said, uh, yeah, I'll take that. Or no, um, I'm not taking that right now. And so once I got it all sorted down, uh, he offered even to take it all and pack it up for me and even photograph it for me. Cause they, they do a, um, they photograph it for a manifest mm -hmm. and just to show everything that's in the box or whatever. But at this point, I am such a control freak. I'm not ready to like give my items to somebody else to handle. I'm like, no, I'll ship it up. <laughs> I'll do it all. You know, so I did it all, sent it in. He tells me, so when you first start, they say you're at 55% payout. Uh -huh. And um, I also ask him about what you think that these items will be listed for on the site. And he said, oh, on average, it looks like most of these will be listed at about $100. Okay. He also says it'll be about five days for them to receive it and five days for them to process it. He obviously is not informed about what's happening in his company as far as the coronavirus is concerned because it actually took a month for all this to happen. And then when everything was listed, I only had two items that were actually listed at a hundred dollars or more to top it off the items most of the items that sold I did not get a 55% payout I got like a 40% payout and I was looking it up and apparently if they aren't at a certain price point you don't get that 55% it's only 40% so essentially there was like a uh, Kate Spade shirt that I had paid up for. I paid $11 for this and my payout was $15. <laughs> so yes, I was like, oh my gosh, I could have, and I had it listed on Poshmark for like 110, which I knew was high, but I was going to slowly bring it down. And, um, but I, I couldn't believe it. The one thing I will say though about the real real is because they are so picky about what they take, um, is that the items sell quickly. At least mine did. A majority of mine sold rather quickly. I didn't get paid hardly anything for them. <laughs> uh, but they did sell quickly. Unfortunately, half of them got returned and sold again. They are very liberal with their returns. Like almost half the items that sold ended up being returned the next week. Yes. yes. That was crazy to me. <laughs> I think this, I think you just described almost everybody who's done the real reels experience. So <laughs> um, other than the only person I know who's been successful at the real reel is um, 
Ivy and Blush Bottega. And uh, she somehow has mastered the whole real reel, but I'm not sure. I think she pulled almost all of her stuff from the real reel to put on her own website. So I don't know if she has anything at the real reel anymore. But she was the only person that I've ever heard of that has like really, really done very well at the real reel. Um, and maybe buying her stuff for pennies. Yeah, she, I don't know. Like she just stuff she's just cheap. yeah she's just lucky about it like i don't know i can i mean i could shop the same exact stores and never find any of that stuff so um but she's done her research and and it's just it's i'm glad to see that she succeeded but yes i think that yours your experience is very similar to everybody's i never did the whole consultation call slash zoom thing i just went in and i basically did their checklist of like this designer yes this type of item yes um, oh, okay. and sent and just sent that list in um it took them three weeks to process it you know um and then it took i think that, that was i sent that stuff in in december and i think by probably march most of it had sold um except for these pants that just sold on thread up um and then I sent, you know, like four or five more items in in March and they have been so stagnant. So I'm wondering if the real real has actually been really suffering a little bit. Um, yeah. Like maybe people just aren't buying the luxury goods on the real real right now. I don't know. It's very interesting because people are definitely spending money on thread up. So um, other people who haven't sold on the real real don't know because uh the real real is something that you know some people have not gotten into yet but they might be thinking about it if they're gonna you know thinking to get rid of their inventory and have it stored somewhere else so if you want to have long-term storage for an item and and you're you know you you got it for you know 99 cent day or whatever um real real is a good option because their consignment period is one year oh wow so if you want something back um they have to keep it for 30 days or else you get dinged. Right. Um, so like when I requested those pants back, I requested them back at the beginning of summer because they were, they're like a seersucker silk. Um, they're really awesome pants. Like I, you know, if I, if I could have kept them, I would have, um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I, I requested them back and they were like, why, why do you want these back? And I was like, well, cause it's summer. I might want to wear them, you know, and I, I mean, obviously I'm not going to be wearing them, but, um, but I just like, they had already been on there for forever. It was like the one item that hadn't sold out of that shipment in. And so I, I was like, I think these can just do better somewhere else. Um, and you know, they didn't do great on Poshmark either, but, um, you know, they, I'm glad that I pulled them and they're not still sitting at the real real and who knows, they might get sent back to thread up. But if, you know, if they sold that quickly on ThreadUp once, maybe they will again, you know, like, yeah, yeah definitely before fall, you know, so. And the other winter. thing is, too, is that almost everything that was purchased of mine, so the real real sets the prices and everything that was purchased, someone used a coupon. They yes. Used 20, 25%, 30% off. So my payout ended up being really little because of those coupons. And the longer something sits with, with them, they will continue to drop the price and do, they, they want inventory to move. Like that right. is a good thing and a bad thing about real real. It's like, if you want your inventory to simply move, things will move on the real real. At least for me, that's what I've experienced. They will move fast but you're not going to get what you want for it because their goal is to keep things moving. So they will continue to drop the price. There will be coupon codes like crazy. And so, um, yeah, I just found that unless I was getting all my stuff at the bins, um, I would rather send my stuff to thread up. Yeah. Yep. I'm in agreement. I, I, they have actually contacted me and I'm probably not going to send stuff to them unless it's not accepted by thread up. Because I definitely do not want to be sending in um, any assorted or unbranded inventory into ThreadUp. Um, Because that's where I source a ton of stuff. You know, you can Um, check for that on ThreadUp, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why I would send something to the real real versus 
um, versus thread up. Like I do have a couple of pieces that I might end up sending into the real reel because they are not going to get their price on Poshmark or, and they are assorted brands. Like one of them's, um, like Etro. I don't think Etro's on thread up when I checked. Um, oh, it is. and then I have a pair of Etro pants on there. Sweet. I'm going to send that in today then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but there is, there's a skirt that I got, um, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was like Sarah, Sarah Lanzi or something like that. Um, which I saw her brand. I've seen it in the wild. And if I had known how much that skirt was worth in the wild, mm-hmm. I would have totally picked it up. But it was like, um, it was one of those where I did the assorted brands and then sorted by content on ThreadUp. And that was how I found it. Like, it's always a gamble. Mm-hmm. I love those like <laughs> sorted yeah. brands purchases. <laughs> They're my favorite mystery boxes. Um, so, um, but that one I will probably send into the real real. So. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Because if you bought it as an assorted brands, actually, you know, it's funny. So it's important when you send things into ThreadUp that you search on ThreadUp for the brand first to make sure that it's something that is brand recognized by them so that you don't get that. Like when they market the retail price, it's not this like blanket retail price that they put on it. That's really low. Um, but I have found, cause I did do a box where I, I picked all assorted brand items and mm-hmm. I was kind of looking closely and what I thought might be a good brand. And I, when I got it, I actually decided to go back on thread up and type these brands in. There were one or two that were actually on thread up. So sometimes thread up will mark things wrong, but not everyone knows to check their items and to contact thread up if they make a mistake. They they can mm. make a mistake on size, they can make a mistake on brand, they can make a mistake on what the they mark the retail price as. And so you want to check your listings and reach out to them via the chat feature, not email, because email takes forever to get back to you. So go online, hit chat. They're really friendly. They'll be like, oh, okay, I'll mark that item uh, to be checked right now. And um, so there's a chance, like if you get an assorted brand item and you check in and it's actually on thread up, you can send it back into them. And then if they mark it as assorted, you just reach out and say, hey, you mark this as assorted, but you actually have this brand and then have them change it. That's Um, awesome. Um, That and then sending your, um, you know, like your manifest in with your box too. Oh yeah. I always have a copy. Um, so you have something that you actually have written out in the box. I think I did that too. Yeah. I, so I don't do like, I haven't done pictures of the items. I just, for my own records, I started doing like what, what each label has in it. Like for my own records, like what's the cost on it and what's, you know, like the item and brand and Mm -hmm. description type things. Um, like where I sourced it. So I know where I'm sourcing for thread up. Um, you know, just like all those little analytical details of fun. Yeah. Um, and since I already have like the brand and like what the heck the item is, I just print screen that part of it and send that in with my box. Oh yeah. I think I did that on my first box. I, I was rushing on my other boxes, so I didn't take the time. I, I just needed to make sure that I had it written out for me. And that was what was most important in case it got lost or, or thread up lost an item. I can be like, Hey, I had something else in that box and I'm not showing it as being processed or returned to me. Um, but I did on my first box have everything written out the brand. And I even put like what it retailed for and all that and, and stuck it in the box. I don't know whether or not it helped them out or not, but I kind of felt like I just wanted to make sure that they price things properly. Not that they would necessarily take my word for it on a piece of paper, but I don't know. I was just thinking maybe. <laughs> Here's all the research I've done on this item. Yes, Here exactly. Is, um, all the comps. And... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much Here's my thing. item listing on Poshmark. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um well, I think we have gone over our um, time limit, which was honestly a little expected, seems that's the first time I've gotten to talk to somebody yeah. in a long, long time. Um, but I have one question that I ask everybody, 
Mm-hmm. And that is if you were to go um, sourcing with anybody in the reselling community, who would you go with and where would you go sourcing? Oh boy. Um, so I thought about this and I think I would want to go sourcing with Mogi Beth. And the reason why I'd want to go sourcing with her is because first of all, she has a rule of thumb that she tries to keep her, um, her average resale prices at $45, meaning on average, everything in her closet, she is selling for $45. So, yep. so, so she has a high ASP. Yeah, because of it. exactly. Like, she has average high, sale price. Yeah, she has a high ASP. And then also she mentions that she can thrift quickly and she does it by touch. I am horrible at, I mean, I am like Lexi at Mom Hustle and Bustle. I mean, I have to go through every single item, every single aisle. Like I cannot leave a thrift store with an aisle untouched. Like I, it's just this compulsion. So I would want to develop that skill to do a quick thrift run. Um, as far as where, I don't know. I'm in such a good area. I'm in the Bay Area, California, and there are so many thrift stores. So I don't know particularly where I would want to go. Definitely not a goodwill. I can say that, but <laughs> um, I have an eco thrift that I absolutely love. I love eco thrift because they mark things down to 75% off, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. So I think probably that, that would That's be awesome. <laughs> I hope you uh, got a little bit of information, maybe a couple nuggets of gold out of that interview. Um, I know ThreadUp is really hot right now as far as the reselling community. So if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon, there are some courses out there, but there's also a lot of free information out on uh, YouTube and uh, you can always reach out to me. I am April Hunters Hustle Hacks on Instagram or you can reach out to me on the Reseller's Voice. As always, we really, really appreciate any feedback that we get as far as the podcast. Um, So please go and leave us a comment on Instagram or uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, ta-ta!